in the middle of a series named, did I know? Battle Ready. That's right. Very good. Battle Ready. And it is on, we're talking about the temptations that were received from the enemy. That there's this spiritual warfare going on. The enemy's trying to lure, trying to entice us off of God's plan for our life. And there's this battle that is underway. And uh, we are studying Matthew chapter 4, looking at the temptations of Jesus. And the first week we talked about how the, the temptation that the enemy comes at us with is what we have called appetite or the lure of self-dependence, the lure of I need more to be fulfilled. And then the last week, if you were here, we talked about uh, this word called approval or this idea, this concept, this temptation where the enemy tries to lure or entice us in to say, hey, you need approval from the people who are around you. And each week we talk about a core issue uh, or a core uh, luring, so to speak, that the enemy will use. And the first week we talked about fear. And how the enemy will use fear to uh, push us to one side or not. Like, hey, you need that or this will not happen. Or you need to hold on to this. Hold on to your self-dependency because if you don't, then this will happen, right? He uses fear. And then last week we talked about that he uses shame. You are not enough, right? You need approval. That's what shame says, but we know what the cross says, that I am fully approved in Christ. When I give my life to Christ, this I am fully approved in him. And then today, we're talking about the third uh, temptation that we see here in Matthew chapter 4, and uh, we're going to hit, hopefully, uh, I know for me, I've experienced all three, and I believe we all maybe have, or we probably will, uh, but maybe there is one that the enemy constantly comes after you about you know there's one that maybe stands tall over the rest for me it was last week approval uh, the enemy tries to come at me a lot through that uh, and then we'll you'll see today we'll kind of we sometimes we'll ping pong from another temptation to the next and and, and to see what that looks like but today I'm going to give you the title of our message and it is ambition ambition so we talked about appetite approval and then today we're going to see ambition we're going to Matthew chapter 4 4, uh, verses 8 through 10. Before we get there, I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak uh, to us, and then uh, we will dive right in. Does that sound good? Very good, very good. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for today. Uh, thank you for each and every person that's in this room listening online. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, I pray that we would be able to lean into your word. I pray that we can walk out of this place uh, living uh, in victory, God. Not that we're striving for approval or that we need more or I, I need this, God, that we can rely on the sufficiency that you have provided for us on the cross. God, I pray that you fill us up. I pray that you, your word teaches us and grows us and challenges us, God, uh, to take those faith steps in you. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. And so uh, we've been talking about this idea, this illustration, and every week I want to hit on it because I think it's important for us to know the foundational truth. And we said that we're all, we're picturing our car. Every week we're picking a different car, okay? Mine was F-150 last week. This week mine's a convertible. We're in the low country, right? Enjoying the sun. But I'm in my car, I'm in my vehicle, and I'm headed down the road. And this road represents God's will for our life. 
But yet there's this spiritual enemy who's trying to lure us off of that road. And every week we see that there are two gutters to the side of the road, two sides of where he may try to kick us off to one end or lure us into the other end. Because uh, temptation, if you remember our tempta- our uh, definition is to entice us, entice a person to act against God's will. Temptation is an enticement to act against God's will. And our foundational truth through this whole series is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and it says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And this is the foundational truth. If you're taking notes, it says this. With the power given to us by Jesus, we can overcome the temptations in our life. With the power given to us by Jesus, we can. That is the truth. That is the word of God to know that we can overcome that, that we can live from victory. But the tension for you and I is, why don't I experience this victory? Why do I feel the heavy burden sometimes in life? Why am I not walking in that? And for me, uh, one, as a Christian, and two, as a pastor, uh, I want us to look at God's word to say, how can we walk in victory? How can I walk triumphantly? And I believe it, that you're talking about an evangelistic tool. You're talking about you being used by God when people begin to see our lives and goes, where does your confidence come from? Where does your security come from? Where does all of this come from? We can point back to the cross we can point back to Jesus and so today uh, we're looking at Matthew chapter 4 there's this uh, another temptation this is the pride of the enemy right he comes at Jesus and he says hey you've been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights you're you're mentally tired physically tired you are I know 40 days I mean I would be hungry right and like all of this and he says take that rock and turn it into bread and Jesus doesn't argue with him he says no I live off every word that the Lord gives me, right? Every word of the Lord. And then uh, then Satan comes at him again. And then Satan uses scripture, right? He tries to twist scripture out of context. And he tries to pull Jesus in and says, hey, if, if you are the son of God, then prove it to everybody and throw yourself off this temple and then call the angels to come and save you. Then everybody will know that you're the son of God, right? Trying to tempt Pull Jesus, entice him off of God's plan. And then we get to the third temptation because the enemy is relentless, right? And he's coming back for this third time. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, and this is what he says. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he says, I will give it all to you. He said, if you kneel down and worship me. I love this response. Get out of here, right? Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. This third temptation, Jesus brings him up and he takes him up to this high mountain. He's like, hey, Jesus, look at all of this. Look at, look at all of this. You got the city. You got power. You got money. He's like, hey, I can make all of this happen for you. On one hand, it's a little ludicrous, right? It's a little crazy to think that, that he is trying to tempt Jesus with just saying, you can have all of this. Jesus is like, I made all of this. Like, what, what are you talking about, right? Like, there's, there's that side. 
But then we see that there is this lid um, that God has placed on the enemy and placed on the devil. And he's given him some um, ability here on this earth, right? And it's almost like he's put him on a leash saying, this is what you can do, but you can only go so far. And and in fact, one of his titles is the prince of this world world right and so there's things that he can do in this world and so there's an aspect as well that maybe he could make some of this happen for jesus he could give him some worldly possessions right he could make some of that happen for jesus and and if we we look into this it's him trying to pull jesus off of his plan it's like he leaned in he's like hey jesus you don't have to go to the cross i can give you all of this right now like, I can give you the world's riches. You know, that, there's not going to be a lot of pain in the cross. It's like people are going to turn from you. Your disciples, they're going to they're they're pretend like they don't even know you, and you just invested your entire life into them for the past three years. And they're going to they're gonna pretend like they don't even, like you don't even exist, right? He's trying to lean in and, and tempt Jesus and going, hey, this is what you can, I can make this happen right now. And he pulled, tries to pull Jesus into the now, right? Into the temporary, into this world. He's, and Jesus, as we know, a lot of people believe Jesus was going to come and be the next like earthly king. And they were expecting him to come and, and take over the Roman Empire and all of these things. And Jesus is going, no, I'm coming for an eternal kingdom. I'm coming to set people free, not from the past present and who will ever come and believe in me and jesus has an eternal perspective here and so we see this begin to happen and play out Uh, but for you and i what we have to realize is is that the enemy will tempt us the same way right he'll come at us and go hey hey you need all of this look at all of this world right and then social media we can get caught like i can get caught right all of a sudden you see something pop up and you're like "Ooh, i need that right like i want that like oh right like whatever it may be it could be depending on where you work and depending on uh what field we're in because it can be different for everyone for me i can look at the next church down the road that's huge and get all these nice things right and it's like ooh. Right. Well, I, I need we need that. You you need that. You, you could be a teacher. Right. And and you, you watch some video of this uh, incredible classroom that's set up and you're like, oh, I need that. Right. Whatever it may be, you could be uh, somebody at your company and you're seeing somebody else, maybe a friend from childhood who now they're out speaking and doing leadership things. And they're a CEO. And you're like, oh, I need that. I, I need, right, that this lure begins to try to pull us off. Well, yeah, that may be God's plan, but maybe it's not God's plan for your life. But you and I discerning that path of what guy God is calling us to. But one of the things I want to point out real quick is that um, the enemy, one of the lies he tries to get you and I to believe, especially here in this temptation, talking about ambition, is one of the lies that he tells Jesus. He says, hey, I will give it all to you. I will give it to you. I will give it all to you. He tries to give us this lie that we own what we have. He tries to whisper that everyone, I worked so hard for it, this is mine. And in your mind, you'd be like, hey, Daniel, it is mine. The house is in my name, right? Like the, the car is in my name. The bank account is in my name, which is all true, right? But if you live long enough, you and I don't have to tell you that it can be gone in a moment. It can be gone in an instant, right? 
We see in Scripture that God teaches us that all things, like all good gifts come from the Father. And that the, a, a better way for you and I to look at it is that I'm a steward. I'm a manager of what God has given me. Even my family, even my kids, right, God, they are yours. But I'm here to lead them towards you. I'm here to manage what you have given me, my money, my house, my car, all of that, right? I, I And if we think about it, we serve a God who knows all things, right? And he is timeless and he is everywhere at one time. Honestly, that's who I want in charge, right? Like I don't want me in charge. I know my mind. I know my limitations, right? And that's the lie that the enemy tries to get us to believe. It's yours. You worked hard for it. That, like, you got this. You hold, right? Like, and then we bounce at that temptation. You hold on to it. It's you, you worked hard for it. And then in this specific here temptation that we see, we see that they, we have the temptation of ambition. Hey, you need to work harder. You need to work harder to get that. You, Jesus, all of this can be yours. Daniel, all of this could be yours here on this earth. And think about that, right? All of these things. But here's the difference in this temptation is that we have to realize that this temptation can lure us into this is the end I want, and no matter how the means happens that I get there. And a lot of times that can pull us out of character, right? It can pull us out of the will of God of going, I, I need to get to this position at work, and if I need to undercut this guy, I will. If I need to turn my back on this girl, I will. If I need to cheat a little bit on my taxes to get there, then let me just make that happen, right? Because the enemy will try to lure that into us, right? Of going, hey, all of that could be yours. It, it, it's yours. Like You need to work hard for it, right? And try to pull us out of character. Pull us out of God's plan for our life. And he's saying, hey, the, the, the end result here on this earth is the big picture. The end result that we see here is what's big for us. But this is the, the trick because... Um, honestly, we can look at this and go, well, Daniel, am I supposed to just kind of sit back and be lazy, right? Like I'm not supposed to do anything. And that's not God's will for your life either, right? Because there's two gutters, right? There's two sides. One side is now uh, I need all of this. I need to build my earthly kingdom. I need to build this power. I need to build this fame. I need to build this money. I need to have all of this strength, right? I need to have all of this, right? That's one side. And then the other gutter is what? I'm going to disengage. I'm not going to do anything. If I can't get it right, if I can't have all of it, then I'm going to completely disengage myself. I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to do anything. I want to be lazy. I'm going to like I'm just not even going to try at life. And the enemy tries to put us on the sidelines, right? Well, you can't, you're not going to get there. You're not going to make it. And all of a sudden, now we have this temptation and the line for you and I to know, okay, what is the line, right? Like, how do I know what to work for more? And how do I know that, uh, okay, this is a healthy balance. I'm in the middle. I'm not pushed to either way. And the line for you and I is, is when what we are working for and what I do is not my identity, and when what I do starts to become my identity, then we can start to see the creep that begins to happen in our lives of going, oh, if I just get that, that is actually who I am, right? Like I am the CEO. I am the leader. I am the boss. And if that is stripped away from me, and then I am nothing, right? The enemy wants us to believe that. If that's stripped away, then you are nothing. 
If that's stripped away from you, then you can't have that. And each week we talk about a core issue, right? And the core issue for this week, everybody still good? Very good. Uh, The core issue for this week that we uh, see the enemy will use to push us to one side or push us to the other side is guilt. He pushes that guilt on us, that that fear of if you don't get that, then you're going to feel guilty. Like, oh, I, I, I got to continue to work. I got to continue to happen. And here's what guilt says when we begin to think, I feel guilty if I take a day off. I feel guilty if I rest and take time to read scripture. I feel guilty if I'm not on the grind. I mean, we live, I believe, honestly, that this temptation for Western culture, for America, is probably the most prevalent. Because here's how we know, workaholic, right, is a badge of honor. I work so much. I'm on the grind. I'm on the hustle, right? Like I'm making it happen. I'm pushing forward, right? Like all of these things. It's a badge of honor, right? To begin to look at our culture and go, man, look at that. They only sleep two hours a night. Wow. That is amazing. You made it happen. That is you, right? And that's a badge of honor for our culture. And it's the enemy whispering in our ear going, yeah, keep going. Keep, yeah, 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 you can have all this if you really were a hard worker. If you really were a success, keep going. Yeah, yeah, work harder. Burn both ends of the candle. Yeah, neglect them. You don't need them. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're a lone wolf. You just do it on your own. You're the leader. That's why nobody's around you, right? It begins to whisper, and then you try to take some time off. You try to to spend some time with your family and you start to feel this guilt. You're not working now. What's wrong with you? You you think you can take a break? You're you're not a millionaire yet. You think you can take a break? The house is not paid off yet. You think you can take a break? The house is not clean yet. You think you can take a break? All the laundry is not done yet. Right? Like this guilt, this pressure begins to happen. The enemy is whispering those in our ears. Maybe you're a high school or middle school student and you're playing sports and, and the enemy's whispering to you, you can have all of this. You just keep pulling those 12, 13 hours, keep studying, keep going out. You can have all of this. And he's feeling guilty. No, I got to start now. If I don't start now, I'm not going to get into this college. I'm not going to do this, right? And just piling it on. And the issue is, is when we start to have what we do take over our identity. You know who I found that sometimes uh, can struggle with this, and it's um, in, in the past people who have been very involved as a kid, and it could be athletics, right? Maybe you were involved as a kid in athletics, and you were always like the the, the football star or the uh, whatever it may be. It, it could be whatever it is, though. It could have been whatever you're involved in. It could be band. It could be arts. It could be theater. Like, oh, you're the theater kid, or you're the band kid, right? Like this label, this title was placed over you, and then when you become an adult, you kind of transition into adulthood or after college. Maybe you played in college. Maybe you were the academic person. Like, you, you look at that. You got the academics. Look at all those things you did, and then when you go into the real world, 
world, and now you're transitioned, right? And you're struggling with your identity of going, wait, wait, wait. Now I need another. I need something else. I need something else to fulfill me. And the enemy just starts to, to put that temptation on us of going, yeah, yeah, you need to do more. And so that, and then this is what happens. What I do is if I'm seeking for approval and the enemy's uh, speaking to me, I'll, I'll ping pong a little bit. And I'll go and go, you know what? Okay, then I'll sneak over to ambition. If I do more, more people will approve of me, right? Like I'll ping pong over there, right? Like I need approval, so I'm going to do more so that I can earn approval, right? Or maybe I'll ping pong to the other side of appetite of going, you know what? I need some approval. And so if I get more, people may approve of me more. Or I may go to the other side. Nobody approves of me, so I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit on the sidelines. God can't use me all these different things right and if we go back and forth we can start to wrestle with some of those things but if i'm looking at your life and in my life do you think that's what god created you and i to do created you and i to be if we look at scripture he tells us this he says what is it for a man to gain the whole world right and to lose his very soul. And that's exactly what the enemy is trying to do to Jesus. He's saying, hey, right here, right now, is this is what you're trying to build. This wealth, this glory, this hope, right now for this world. And ambition, if you're taking notes, causes us to believe that you and I have unlimited capacity. Right? Ambition will have us to believe I can keep going. I can keep making this thing happen. I can keep pushing forward. I have unlimited capacity, right? But you and I know that there are moments in our lives, and you can honestly probably start to feel it when it takes over in us and it becomes this weight, it becomes this burden that we're carrying on our shoulders of like, I've got to do more. I've got to make this happen. I've got to earn this next time. I've got to earn this position. I've got to be this type of mom. I've got to be this type of husband or this type of wife. I've got to be this kind of student, this kind of athlete, whatever it may be, right? The enemy's like, yeah, put that weight on. And he feels that guilt, that shame that, that we may feel in our lives. But you and I know that's not what God has called us to. God is saying, I don't want you to be burdened by that. I want you to be able to take that weight off, lay it at my feet. And now your identity is not placed in what you do, but who you are in Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, what did he say? It is finished. How beautiful is it for you and I to feel that burden that weight of i have to earn it right and we can come at the feet of jesus and say i don't have to earn it because jesus has already earned it for me and he's saying take that burden off i want you to live in freedom I want you to live free from that, right? And I want you to experience life to the full, the abundant life. And it's when you and I can release that and I'm going, you know what? I myself, Daniel Casanave, am fully fulfilled, not in what I do, but in who I am in Christ. And now the healthy way to live is out of who I am now becomes what I do, right? I live out of being, right? And when we get those out of order, even in ministry life, even in the church world, when we got those out of order, we become a Pharisee, right? Of the Pharisees, they started doing and not weren't, they were not being with God. And Jesus came on the scene and he was like, you're missing the mark. 
You, you got all these rules and check boxes and all of these things, but your hearts are far from me. In fact, Jesus is pretty bold and blunt. He don't play games, right? Like he was like, you're like a whitewashed tomb. You're like a, you're like a plate that, that uh, on the outside, it looks all clean, but when you open it, it's moldy and that, like, right? Like he starts to give these illustrations. And Jesus is going, no, I want you to be, I want it to start in you first so that you're whole first, that you know who you are in Christ. And now you are being, and then if what I do changes, I'm still complete in Christ. If I fall short, then I am complete in Christ. If this is taken from me in a moment, I am still made whole in Christ. And it becomes a powerful thing for you and I. And uh, one of the uh, incredible illustrations of this in the New Testament is, is that Jesus has these followers. And, of course, we know he started with the 12. And then he built up to like 72 uh, disciples. And the way that Jesus taught was is that he modeled it first. He would go out, heal the sick. And he was casting out demons, praying for people, uh, sharing the, the good news with people. And they were watching him. And then he would start to invite them into the process. And then he goes, okay, I'm going to send you guys out in twos, right? I want you to go out and I want you to do what we have been doing together, what you have seen me do. I want you to pray for people, cast out demons, heal the sick, uh, share the good news. He's like, I want you to go out and do that. So the disciples, they do it. All 72, they go out and they're praying for people. They're casting out demons. They're, they're seeing people being physically healed. They're sharing the truth and they come back and they are all like monster excited. They were like, this really works. This is amazing. And they're telling Jesus as I'm sure they're sitting around kind of debriefing and they're high-fiving. I always say high-fiving to chest muffin. But anyway, like they're just excited and they're together together and they're 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 all of this and then jesus takes that moment and he uses it as a teaching moment and he pulls them all in and he goes hey guys look, look, i want you to get this i know you just what you experienced was amazing in fact i told you it was going to be able to happen i told you it was going to be amazing he said but this is what i want you to see here in luke chapter 10 verse 20 this is what he says but don't rejoice because the evil spirits obey you rejoice because your names are registered in heaven isn't that good? Oh, he's saying, well, all of that work is fantastic. All of that moments, all of that happen is, is amazing. He said, but don't rejoice in that. Rejoice first that you are complete in Christ. And that when you and I stand face to face with God one day, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice in that. And if you rejoice in that, that will come. If you spend that time being with God, the doing will come. He will, he will direct you into the calling that he's called us to in the right way to do things. And then that way, when the character dilemma comes about, and I have to make a character decision, I won't make it off of my title. I won't make it off of, I, I'm trying to get all of what this world has to offer. I'm going to make it out of who I am in Christ. I'm going to say, no, I know God has me. So I don't need to cut you off. I don't need to cut a corner here. I don't need to cheat here. I know because of who I am in Jesus. I know because of who I am in Christ. And we see this incredible piece of truth for you and I, that we can rest in that fact.
And today I'm going to get ready to close. And I just want to close with this. Um, I, this past week, I had an incredible opportunity to uh, go and be a part of this uh, pastor's network or cohort for a few days I've been part of for the past few weeks. And uh, one of the things they did was is they gave us uh, this Bible. And if you know me, I'm, I'm a preacher, whatever, but I love a new Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just love a new Bible. I get it open. I'm like, it smells good. I love the look of it. And they, they, they bought us all these new Bible. And um, they what they did is they put our names on there, which is it's pretty incredible, pretty awesome. And so for me, I'm looking at it, I'm enjoying it. I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm spending some time with the Lord, and I'm using this Bible, and I'm reading it, and I'm looking at it. And um, most of the time when I receive a Bible from someone, um, and I've received a few, and if they put my name on there, usually what they put is, is Pastor Daniel Kasnave. Or they'll put Reverend Daniel Kasnave. Or they'll, they'll put that on there. And I remember, it. honestly, it caught my eye. When I first looked at it, I was like, oh, it, it just has Daniel on there. You know, and I began to kind of think about it for a minute and I was spending some quiet time with God and just in reflection and prayer. And and I happened to come across that and I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart going, yeah, actually, I like that, Daniel. I don't want to meet with Pastor Daniel. I want to meet with Daniel. And I'm here to tell you. God wants you. And my prayer is today when as we close that you walk out of here in that freedom. Take a moment and take the title off. I mean, take the title, like, Mom, Dad, just for a moment, take that title off because Jesus wants you. I feel like we need to get back in our world today in delighting and just being in the presence of God. Not going to God for what He can do for me, right? Not going to God even for what I can do for Him. But just being with God. And I'm going to tell you a line. Somebody said that this week. And it, it, it's, it's going to hit, it hit me this week. God misses you. Think about that for a second. The creator of the universe. Who created you. The Bible tells us you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows how many hairs or on your head. He doesn't, he doesn't want the CEO, the success, the all these things. He's like, no, no, I want you. You come to me. Like, I, I, I want you. I create you. I want to be in your presence. And here's a verse that uh, spoke out to me in Psalm 84 that I was reading. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. I, my prayer is we get to that place. Where God said, you, I, I want you. Don't be so laser focused on what you're doing. I want to give you this if you're taking notes. If you don't get anything else, this is, this is kind of the, the big thing for you and I. It's a whole lot easier to do life with Jesus and not for Jesus. I feel like so many, even myself, 
I try to strive and say, Jesus, look at what all we're doing for you. Look at all of this. And Jesus is going, no, no, I want you to come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, right? Heavy burden. And what does he say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke that he's referring to is to get two oxen standing side by side, not one oxen in front going, look at how awesome this is. Look at all the work we're doing. We're toiling so hard. Jesus is going to know, get right beside me. Let's do this thing together. Let me breathe the life into your cells. Let me, let me work with you because ministry, he's saying life, the abundant life, I want it to be light. He didn't say it would be easy, right? He said it would be worth it. I'm going to stand with you in the fire. Let's do this thing together. Let's live out of being who we are for Christ. And my prayer, my challenge for you and I is today is we can take those titles off. Take that burden off. Because you and I know it can change in a, in a moment. And I want you and I to live in the freedom of going, I'm secure in Christ. I know who I am. No matter where I go, what my job is, how much money I make, I am whole in Jesus and that's the temptation. That's how God wants us to overcome. We can look the enemy right in the face and go, you may be whispering this into my ear, but no, this is what scripture says. No, this is what God's word says. No, I am made whole in him. No, yeah, yeah, change my job. Fine, I still have Jesus. He cares about me way more than my boss does. He cares more about me than the people who are around me. He loves me enough that he will provide a way. He is our way maker. He is our hope. He is our strength. He is our sustainer. And we can rest in the fact that I don't have to strive to make Make it happen. It was earned at the foot of the cross. That's the hope that you and I have. And so today we're going to, uh, we've been doing something throughout, throughout the series where um, I've just invited people in to pray. And we're going to get ready to sing a song. And actually this is uh, right now one of my favorite songs, um, worship songs to begin to sing to. And it, it's called Nothing Else. Nothing Else. It's just this idea of, God, I'm just coming to you. Nothing else. Just me. I'm not coming to you with my agenda. I'm not coming to you with what you can do for me. I'm not coming. Like, nothing else. It's just me, Jesus. I'm just giving you me. And I just want you. I just want your presence. And so today I would encourage and challenge you maybe during this response song just to take that weight off. To take that moment before God and, and scripture says, maybe the enemy has been pounding this guilt on you. And I would say today, take this moment of reflection and going, God, I'm giving you this guilt. I know who I am in you. Maybe if you've never given your life to Christ before, I would love to talk with you, pray with you. We have leaders right here in the room, right after service. We'd love to walk you through that. Uh, but maybe one of the things we've been doing, we've been opening up the stage. Um, if you want to pray, you can. Maybe you want somebody to pray with you. You're saying, hey, this burden is actually really heavy, and I just feel like I want someone to pray with me. We'll have uh, leaders in the back, and I'll be up front. We'll have some leaders up front as well. Or maybe if you just want to come pray up front, just spend 
spend that moment with God, or maybe you want to spend that moment in your seats. But I believe that, that, that there's something that happens in the physical act of, uh, of, of coming before God, humbling ourselves before God. And it could even be maybe later this week. You want to do it today, that's okay. But maybe sometime this week, I would encourage you to get into a position where you physically humble yourself before the Lord. Maybe it's just laying on your bed going, God, I, I'm not coming with my agenda. Here's me. And you and I can take that moment to pray together. And so let me pray for us, and then I invite you to pray or reflect, and we're going to worship together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we just are so incredibly thankful for your grace that you showed us mercy. That we don't have to strive for your approval. We simply receive it. God, I pray that here in this room, we don't walk out of this place with the burden and the weight of guilt on our shoulders, God. I pray that we would be set free in Jesus' name. God, that we can take the titles off, God. That we know we want to come just for your presence, God, I I don't want to try to bend heaven to my ear, my agenda, God. I want to bend my ear to heaven's agenda. God, and that's what we want to do right now, is we just want to soak in your presence, God, knowing who we are, whole in you, Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.